1: Hello and welcome to the Phileas Club, the show where we get people from around the world to tell you what they saw in the news from the past month. This is episode number 45 for March 2012. <music> Hello everyone and welcome to the Fideos Club. This is of course the show where we get people from different parts of the world to tell you and us and discuss uh, the news from the past month. So we'll get a different point of view uh, on the news that you've heard about and hopefully we'll know a little bit more about how other people think and be more tolerant and nice and get along. That's the dream. We're working it every month. My name is Patrick Beja. Uh, your name sir, is Paul Fox. How are you doing,
2: Paul? I'm quite well. Uh, thank you for having me again, Patrick. Can you nice remind
1: the good listeners where you are, you are from?
2: Uh, originally from Florida, but I am currently in Hong Kong. I've been living here for about 10 years now. Excellent. Uh, so it's about 6 p.m. here in Paris. What's the time for you? It is just after midnight here on uh, Sunday morning, Saturday, Saturday evening, Sunday morning. Excellent. Uh,
1: so yes, you are quite far away, which is consistent with the fact that you are in Hong Kong. That was a trick question you passed.
0: <laughs> Randy, uh, what's the time for you? It is 9.15 a.m. on a Saturday morning here. So we're, we're almost evenly spread out around the world.
1: That's, I, I like that. You know, I'm a little yeah. bit uh, neurotic. So I like that we're about a third around the mm-hmm. world, each one of us. That works nicely. Uh, Randy Jordan, thank you for joining us again. It's been a while since you, you've been on the show, hasn't it?
0: it? It has been a while. I think I have been on the show since I moved to Southern California. I think it's been about a year.
2: Hmm.
1: Well, I'm very glad to have you back. Um, mm. It's, you know, it's nice to have you for this show, but it's also sort of too bad because it's it's one of those months where I don't feel there's been a huge amount of international news i mean we could talk about syria again uh there's there hasn't been enormous (laughs) changes i guess in syria the situation is still the same uh assad is saying he's going to make things right and then he doesn't and then people get pissed off and ask for more uh peace and changes and that's about what's been happening for the past few months so i don't know that there's a lot of relevant stuff there um, anything jumps out at you guys uh, in the you know international news scene uh, that that's worth discussing? Because honestly, I'm not sure there is much. I mean, there's Mali and uh, Japanese cargos being found eight months later, which is a little bit mind blowing. Did you it hear is, about that, that thing? That
0: is that is mind blowing. Run run that down for the audience. Mm. So uh, after
1: the tsunami, the the, the Japanese. Uh, well, they lost a few ships uh, that were taken away by the um, well by the tsunami of course and they actually couldn't find one of the ships and it's been found eight months later uh at the near the coast of canada i believe and th- that that's amazing it's incredible that there's actually you know the it's difficult to to conceptualize to understand the concept that the ocean is so large that and for eight months you're going to actually lose a ship.
0: Yeah, even our largest ships are are needle needle in haystack sized yeah. compared to the Pacific Ocean.
1: And and it's like you know you you see the movies, you see the the technology we have. You're thinking we could have like some sort of sp- you know space race can that that would s- see what's on the the the, the ocean and find the thing but no for eight months they couldn't I mean, i'm guessing they weren't you know looking for it too hard but <laughs> where's where's just, my space race scan
0: so it's, it, it's fascinating to think of of all you know, the debris in the ocean and imagine that one piece of the debris is the size of a ship <laughs> okay, it's just it, you know it's fascinating
1: what it what it it makes me think i should never ever go on a sh- on a cruise ship or anything like that because if it ever if it ever sinks and we manage to escape after you know incredible efforts and bravery you're still lost in the middle of nowhere and no one's going to find you for you know months and months
0: right right if you get if you get out of sight of land in the middle of the pacific ocean and you're in the ocean you you die that's just Hmm. the way it's been for for human beings for 1500 years
1: it's 2012 man It's (laughs) it's <laughs> unbelievable. I do not. Accept I, I think that part of
2: the part of the reason is because nobody was really looking for it, like you yeah. said, and mm. there was so much debris and and things that you know houses that were basically sucked back into the ocean that people weren't really sure. I, I still think that even today, over a year later, they're not really sure of everything mm. that. They, they got lost and that got swept up into the ocean. I mean, yeah. it, there's just stuff that's going to be gone. That unless it was yours and you know for sure it got taken away, yeah. that it's just going to be rubble now floating around. Yeah,
1: sure. But I mean, a cargo ship. It's not like it was a, a little, you know, tiny <laughs> rowboat. It was a freaking. <laughs> now. Yeah. Anyway, so that that that's not. It got a little bit of news here, but not much. It's not like it's. I it's think more big amazing
2: news. is the fact that it's still kind of somewhat seaworthy that it didn't actually just sink outright <laughs> after all that time and it's just well, kind of floating along there i guess
0: um, i wonder i wonder one of the biggest international stories at least from the u.s perspective in march was the the sort of sudden awareness of joseph Kony and the lord's resistance army in in uganda sure uh, the, I, I, the I Invisible that, children video yeah, yeah was that a worldwide phenomenon
1: um, it definitely did get a little bit of play here in France. Um, I'm not sure if it was because of the, the internets. Like, you know, there's still, in France, there's still, like, real news and then the internet news. And mm-hmm. they're very much separated. Like, in, in sometimes you'll have, you know, I don't know, like, current affairs and political stuff and the economy. And then you'll have a special segment in the news going like and now there's this thing on the internet that's kind of funny and wacky and so yeah it did get a little bit of play but not it wasn't huge news uh it was still a very interesting phenomenon though i'm I'm wondering if you you heard about it too uh, paul in in hong kong
2: um yeah i think it's more like randy said it, it it was um you know it was news for a little bit but it really came only across the internet channels it didn't show up in sort of the mainstream mm. news channels here I think I think it did get a little bit of play once the uh, one of the guys apparently had a breakdown and was yeah out in the street naked right, and right, stuff and right uh, so, so did, then it became a little bit more spectacular. Did it
1: transition into the actual news uh, for you guys, Randy?
2: Oh yes, yes,
0: oh. absolutely. Um, when you. Uh, when anything anything that gets you know over eighty million views on YouTube, and that's YouTube alone, there are other video services yeah. that are yeah. counting millions and millions of views of this thing. Uh, you you got a you, you know the internet impact through things like YouTube is still very U.S. centric, you know. Maybe 50 million of those views were from Americans, and they definitely then expect to go to CNN.com and see stories about it, and right. CNN provides. Um, as far as uh, old school media, uh, it, you know, made the papers, uh, like Paul said, may, maybe just as much when uh, the the head of the, the group that made the video uh, got arrested in San Diego. But um,
1: Oh, they did? Wait, we didn't hear about that.
0: Okay, so um,
1: maybe uh, maybe do a recap for in case you know someone who's listening didn't actually see the video.
0: A, a recap of the video? Well, no, the the story. <laughs> oh, okay. The All video right. is thirty minutes long. It yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. The yeah. The, the, the story. Uh, the story is about the consequences of of the never ending and uh, ongoing uh, humane struggles in Uganda. Uh, it, it has it has been a. Uh, uh, it's been going back for decades, where these uh, these very large armies under under these brutal warlords clash. They uh, they capture children from villages and, and conscript them into their armies. They send around uh, rape gangs, and it's just it's incredibly difficult to uh, to find a solution for it. And uh, one of the warlords who is both trying to uh, find a solution and trying to uh, dominate the scene is this Joseph Coney fellow. He's been around for a while. Uh, A guy named Jason Russell in San Diego, California, uh, made this uh, documentary video called Coney 2012. And uh, by the way, there's a fantastic uh, real feature film documentary called War Dance, that I think everyone should see. I think it's actually streaming on Netflix streaming in the United States. And War Dance uh, takes you uh, deep into the the Ugandan refugee problem. But Coney uh, 2012, 30 minute long video gets uh, suddenly uh, early March gets lots and lots and lots of hits, and uh, and then so like the, I say, the,
1: yeah, the video itself is basically a, a very well done documentary. Campaign to make Joseph Kony known, and therefore mm-hmm. apply, pub, you know, public opinion pressure, so that the U.S. and other countries right well, well, get yeah. forced to to capture him, kind
0: of right, right. There's, I mean, to there's a the there's resources a resources into there. There's a simple question: uh, Does this go on? Forever if if we know exactly who the real criminals are, you know, like the, the would Qaddafi still be in power if he wasn't internationally known. And the answer is probably yes. Right. So, uh, you, know, you know, so you, you have that and and it kind of worked. It definitely got a lot more uh, exposure on Uganda. Got a, lo-
1: a huge amount of people, me included, now know who Kony is. Mm-hmm. And that that wouldn't have, you know, a month ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, just b- before you, you continue the, the story, I'm just wondering, I, I thought the video was really well done and it actually moved me quite a bit. I ended up giving a little bit of money, which might have been a mistake because I don't know if it was scamish or how, mm-hmm. you know, good the, the financials of the organizations were. I just figured, you know, you can never know. So I gave a little bit. I'm wondering if you guys... Uh, were it, you know not if you gave money or not, or were you moved/slash convinced, or did you think it was a scam from the beginning?
0: Oh, let Paul answer that. Well, <laughs> yeah. I,
2: I kind of avoided it. Uh, I, I came across it after I read um, some statements from people like Will Wheaton and others who kind of were saying that it, uh, they weren't sure about it's the fishy. motivations yeah. of the company. And, um, there, I, I, you know, there's this sort of back-and-forth debate. On the one hand, they're saying that it's good because it's raising awareness. Um, and that's the point of the video and the video makers. And so if you're supporting them, you're supporting them in, in being able to get the message out. But it's not really doing anything to directly solve the problem. And so there's this kind of, sort of counterpoint out there that says people need to do more. Not just supporting the video makers, but you know, calling their congressmen or, or doing other stuff. Um, and so I could I could see both sides of the argument, but I didn't I didn't really think enough of it to actually give money to the the campaign because I really just don't you know I I really don't know. And then of course the thing that happened later kind of pushed me a little bit further away from sure the issue yeah. Well, and, I mean, and what that feeling, Randy.
0: It, that the the incident down down uh, later in the month. Um, you, you have a guy named Jason Russell. He's he's sort of the filmmaker here, and uh, he puts together a group called Invisible Children, and he wants to do something about this major problem in this large African country. Um, he makes a really good video puts it on the Internet, and I'm sure did not expect this much response. I'm, I'm sure he wanted response. You know, I'm sure that he was really hoping to get some, some charitable efforts underway and get some attention, but the attention he got was enormous. And it's very, very difficult to, to be agile and expand an organization rapidly and deal with the sort of response he got. And it's also problematic when uh, you have a world full of people who are trying to find out just exactly how crooked you are and try to find out a reason to you know go online and and call you a bad guy and and that sort of thing so of course everything about him gets dug up uh you know if he has an unpaid parking ticket then suddenly uh, his his little campaign is a huge problem, uh, and he's a bad guy yeah and that's so, why
1: you know that's why i'm I'm a little bit i understand that The problem is no one is ever perfect. There's, Mm -hmm. you know, charities always have that incredible percentage of of money that they get that is spent in administration for the charity. I saw numbers about Invisible Children, for example. But Mm -hmm. the thing is, he actually did something that worked. And, of course, raising awareness is not directly going to impact the situation. But it's better than nothing. And... It did work, and he was very talented in in making a message, in crafting a message that would be effective.
0: So, right. I mean, I,
1: I'm so, not informed about him, so it's
0: possible so, he's a complete crook. But well, he made a big mistake, in my opinion, and in and that is where you get to kind of, I think, you kind of hold hold that group accountable for something. The big mistake was when it blew up. He should have gone to an organization. That could handle the response like the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and said, help, (laughs) I'm, I'm in, I'm in deep crap here and don't, I can't possibly deal with this. And what, you know, and also other uh, shadow, much more shadowy charitable organizations just rise up out of the ground trying to grab people's money because it's being thrown around. And uh, it's just a, it's a problem. And, and so I do blame the guy for not, for not basically turning it over to bigger hands, uh, it was. Well, it was that's a, a, pretty
1: minor as mistakes go. If that's his only well,
0: fault, well, what it led to was he didn't eat and <laughs> he didn't uh, uh, take care of himself physically for weeks, and ended up uh, going mad temporarily and uh, running around uh, the streets of San Diego naked. And yeah, uh, that's
1: not great. I'll give you that. But I mean it's <laughs> and, not like it's not like he, he decided, okay, I'm gonna, you know, mess this up. He he actually had some sort of a nervous breakdown. It's right. not like he had nefarious intent and thought, Okay, I made this video, now my next step is to run around naked in the streets, you know? He, right, he absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean I, I liken it to uh, someone coming up with a great idea for a new law and writing it out as an attorney would and this new law suddenly gets a tremendous amount of interest and you're asked to go, uh, I don't know. You're asked to go convince the president of the United States to sign it. And I think that, that that's a point where most of us would say, you know, I'm going to put this in the hands of someone who knows what they're doing, (laughs) you know? And, and it's just, it's like you say, it's not a, it's not like a, a crime, but, uh, an organization that that was not at all prepared for this sort of response tried to handle it themselves and they made some mistakes
1: okay um i guess we don't we don't really need to spend too much more time on this uh it's not like it was the major news of of the month it was just something that we all heard about um so uh, should we go into local stories then sure Nothing much okay yeah. Yeah. I, i'm gonna start if you don't mind Okay, silence means you don't mind. <laughs> um, and uh, so basically what happened in France was mainly the, the presidential campaign is still going quite strong, obviously, because the election is in like three months now, two or three mo- uh, I'm sorry, three weeks. Um, and, and something quite tragic happened uh, in the middle of the month, about t- two weeks ago. Um, there were a series... Uh, a, a series of killings, I guess, but we only realized it was they were related when the last one happened. Um, it was in uh, the town of Toulouse in the south of the country, mm-hmm. um, where a guy, at the time we didn't know who it was, uh, went into a uh, school and shot four people, three young children. Um, and when that first happened, it was a, a Jewish school. And when it first happened, we really didn't know uh, what was happening, why he did it, and what the the if it was a you know hate crime, terrorists, what it was. And the reason I'm mentioning this is that, of course, with the election, and if you've been listening to the show, you know that in France there's a sort of uh, power play on the right with the far right, uh, the far right having. I would say between around 15 percent of the uh, votes probably in the first uh, turn. And Sarkozy, who's the, uh, I guess you say, incumbent uh, candidate, um, trying to to play to that far right and trying to to talk about themes that they are uh, usually uh, comfortable with. So when it first happened a lot of people were saying well you know you play with fire and that's what you get you get extremists getting uh getting a screw loose and then they go and do stuff and that's because you uh you were not encouraging them but in French we say souffler sur les braises which means uh fanning the flames i guess yes yes um so that's what people in the of course, I should mention, of course, the first thing that everyone felt in the country was complete shock uh It's not something that happens uh regularly in in europe even um it's it and it was we couldn't understand what happened we couldn't really it's it's one of those unfathomable acts of of cruelty and madness that just leaves you speechless and shocked, and you're just you know, it, the, the guy actually went into the school and methodically shot children. Like he grabbed them by the hair and shot them point blank. Uh, it, it it was a terrifying event. Um, yes. So that happened. And then the, the, that politically it was a very difficult thing to handle because we're in the middle of a campaign. And it, it's it's the sort of situation that at best – the candidates are okay. You know, they do okay with that situation. And if they botch it, it's it's terrible because there's no way to handle it tactfully and not sound like uh, you're trying to take advantage of it. Uh, and And if you don't talk about it, then you're going to be considered as, you know, insensitive or you have to express yourself or condemn it or you have to say something. Basically, it went... The campaign was "quote unquote" interrupted for a couple of days, obviously, and then the um, the, the the investigation started. Uh, we soon found out that the guy uh, who did that was actually a Muslim fundamentalist. Uh, he had been he was a French-born uh, Afghan and uh, Afghanistan-trained. Well, I say trained, maybe that's overstating it. He he went there for a couple of weeks or so you know, it was a short trip. But he was definitely into Islamist uh an Islamist movement. He was recruited but then independent. He was acting it seems independently in France. He was he's just one guy who decided to do something for the terrorists, you know, Islamist cause. He was saying things like uh oh Right. Forgot to mention, he actually killed a couple more people before that, uh, uh, military personnel who had been in Afghanistan and another person before that yet. uh, I'm not sure about that, that, the the first victim, but he, for example, said uh, to that to one of the, the victims, you kill my brothers, I kill you. So from that point on. Uh, I think he released some of the videos and he called the press and was trying to make a big play out of it. He actually filmed his killings and thankfully i 'm very um i 'm thanking the journalistic ethics and people 's ethics actually we haven 't seen these videos on on any screen that i 've that i 've mm-hmm. found of or That's they haven 't been broadcasted at all um so they haven't played into his his thing anyway he we find found out that he was a, a muslim fundamentalist um claiming to be part of al qaeda of course uh not really we couldn't find any direct links to al qaeda operatives or to a uh, a a cell a terrorist cell organized terrorist cell uh Bottom line: About a week or ten days later, uh, he was found. He got uh, holed up in his apartment, and our elite uh, police force surrounded the place and ended up in a siege that lasted thirty uh, some hours. He wouldn't come out. He would. They d- apparently they tried not to kill him. In the end, after thirty some hours, they. Got in and he came out Guns blazing uh, Injured two or three cops And they shot him in the head Uh, So yeah he ended up dying There was a little bit of controversy Um, Some people were Asking why the police didn't use Tear gas and stuff like that Which I guess is a valid question I don't know the specifics of the operation So maybe there was a reason why they couldn't have done that Um, There was a little bit of scandal With the father Of the victim uh, wanting to sue the country because they killed his son, I think no one is really taking these claims seriously, that the crime that his son per- did was so horrific that
2: there's you know, really no uh, one that's to That's interesting, it. too, because I read that story on, uh, I think it was France 24. Yeah. And my first thought was, all right, if he's claiming that, you know, he has a right to sue France because they killed his son. Does that mean that the, the victims' families have a right to sue him? Because he was basically <laughs> saying that France was responsible, you know, in, in this case. And I, I think the counter-argument could be made in a civil suit for the, for the families against him, right? oh well you know i don't think anyone is taking this very
1: seriously anyway it's not like we're oh. thinking okay what's the legal basis for him suing france or for the victims doing it? It, it the reaction again was sort of uh very measured thinking okay this is ridiculous we're not gonna even you know acknowledge not acknowledge but dignify this argument with a response we're just gonna say okay shut up stay in your corner this is too serious and too uh, tragic to even – I guess we didn't respond as well as they did in Norway with that uh, fantastic mm-hmm. reaction of the – I think it was the mayor of Oslo or maybe the the president. I'm not sure. One, an official uh, who said – sorry? Um, who said, no, it was my, my fiancé telling me, the king. I, I'm so glad you have a producer. Said, <laughs> in my ear. W- there was the quote, maybe, maybe sweetie, you can tell me who said that quote. Uh, he said, We're, we are going to punish the gunman. We're going to punish him with more tolerance, more kindness, and more understanding. Mm. That, okay, so my, s- how, what's his name? Stoltenberg, the prime minister. Thank you. Um, and, and, you know, so, and, and that I, was a, a very beautiful quote, and we didn't go that far. But we also didn't devolve into the uh, controversy for TV ratings' sake that I imagine – maybe I'm wrong, but I imagine we could have seen in a country like the
0: U.S. in, I, in I, such case. Okay. I'm, I'm supposed to argue against that. but No, I, I don't know. I, the, maybe I had I'm one, wrong. I had one thought when they go in to get that guy, and and any time that that uh, that the authorities go to uh, to capture someone who wants to die in the process, and that is always, gosh, I hope they've got the right guy. I just, I just, yeah. you know, like it would because uh, be, of course a father doesn't uh, think you've got the right guy; he thinks that his son is innocent. And, oh in that case uh, he doesn't it's it's completely we know it's him i mean he confessed sure, he sure, claimed sure. it yeah oh yeah i i just it's just one of those things you know i mm. i uh, in in other cases uh you know like you say especially in the united states where uh law enforcement can be a bit more aggressive <laughs> you just you just hope they've got the right guy it's it's yeah that's all it really <laughs> it truly matters and and uh I, I wasn't that uh, I wasn't that impressed by the story in the United States that that story out of France uh, didn't didn't really get any play here. I'm, I'm kind of mystified as to as to why, because, you know, you when you talk about things like this, you can't help but reference the states. It's like the states is the the crucible where these sorts of things uh, happen. And you find out uh, whether or not it was, you know, whether or not actions taken were right or not and so on. But uh, just yeah, and it's kind of um, interesting
2: too because you've got the parallel of the the incident in Afghanistan with uh, Staff Sergeant Robert Bales going on, right? Um, right? Yes. Somewhat simultaneously, you know. Uh-huh.
0: Same, yeah. yeah that's a, that's that's probably the answer to my
2: question. By the way, the
0: the story uh, about you know multiple killings in Afghanistan by a crazy American soldier right. uh, ob- obliterated it for American audiences.
2: Yeah, so but I Patrick, guess. in fact, I wonder: is is this being received in France, you know, by the public at large, as a just basically a guy who was kind of nuts, and so it's it's more of a just a criminal behavior, or are they trying to really tie it to a more of a terrorist slant? Um, well, he's
1: definitely he definitely did it for terrorist with terrorist motivations. He was, you know. That's the the basis of it, but I don't think anyone is thinking. For example, no one's reaction is we have to toughen terrorist anti-terrorist laws. For example, uh, there's a little bit of of a play on that by Sarkozy. Uh, right after that happened, uh, he he said, "I want to make regular visiting of internet terrorist websites a criminal offense," which is. I think ridiculous, but that is you know. ridiculous. Um, but the thing is, I think in his mind, he's he's saying, if we know that you're at risk and we know that you're going to visit terrorist sites when they where they show you how to build a bomb, then we ought to be able to stop you before you actually build the bomb. Which, uh, sure, but it's it's too you know it, it's not going to be possible in practice, and it's it has other issues that. It's a. It's not the right response, I believe. But in general, uh, a lot of polls were were conducted right after this happened, and people's main concern is still the economy. It's not like all of a sudden uh, the the you know terrorism shot up to the first place in people's uh, uh, worries in about the election. Their main theme, I guess, to answer your question, Paul, uh, it's. The easiest way I can say it is, no, we don't suddenly start freaking out about terrorism. He was one guy uh, claiming to be with Al-Qaeda, but he's probably a crazy person. We had a a series of arrests uh, of a radical Islamist group. Uh, I think 19 people were arrested shortly after the incident with, uh, with the guy. Uh, But it didn't turn the country upside down. We're being quite – that's why I'm saying I think we're being quite reasonable and even-handed in dealing with this on on the country's level. We're not freaking out and all of a sudden throwing everything up in the air and saying, you know, we're not reacting to one controversy. We're still dealing with it, I think, the way we should have, which is this guy was crazy. It doesn't look like a general terrorist organization – Let's deal with him, and the best way we can. Uh, with terrorism, the goal is to make you is to terrorize you, right? So, it's not going to kill hundreds of people. It's going not going to kill thousands of people in, ver- except for very short, very you know, exceptional circumstances. Uh, the goal of a terrorist attack is to terrorize you. So, the way you respond you know you win against a terrorist attack is to not be terrorized and i think we've done that so
0: i want to i want to stand and applaud right now
1: <laughs> thank you thank you I, i'm bowing uh, i don't know if you can see but um yeah so uh, randy told us we didn't he didn't really hear about it uh, that much in the u.s uh, what about you paul in asia did it I I'm guessing, you know, even in France it was very big, but it it doesn't feel to me like it would have
2: international uh no, reach. It, it didn't really show up in the in the papers here. Um I caught it on France twenty four because it was you know, I visit that site a couple times a week, so it was pretty yeah. much you know, headline news of course. Sure. On that site. But I didn't see it in the local newscasts
0: come up. I have a I have a general Hong Kong question for Paul and the news. Yeah. Um in the last 13 years, uh, since the uh, you know since the handing back over from the Commonwealth, has uh, has Hong Kong uh, shifted away at all from uh, from being inundated with a lot of Commonwealth news and uh, you know attachment uh, to Great Britain?
2: Well, it's no, nah, I'd say it's shifted some. Um, there's been a a marginal drift. Towards mainland China, and in fact, one of the local stories I'm going to talk about deals with that um, that sort of fallout a little bit since the '97 handover. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still, when big things happen in the UK, because you still have a lot of families here, there are still a lot of British expats who are also Hong Kong citizens who live here, and you have a lot of local Chinese who have British citizenship, British passports, uh, with family there. So it still does have a pretty big play. I mean. The, For example, the the royal wedding uh, was was huge over here. And, you know, it's, it's ironic because you've got a system in place that kind of, mm-hmm. you know, a, a, a government that doesn't recognize the idea of monarchies and things like this. But at the same time, you have people who still love these kind of ideas because they still feel that, you know, colonial connection to some extent. But, but with the younger generations, it's starting to disappear.
0: By the way, I said 13 years because I can't do math. I'm, or,
2: or I'm still living in
0: 2010. Uh, that may be the case. <laughs> um, all right.
1: So let's move on from. I think we've you know talked enough about the Toulouse killings. Um, <laughs> let's move on to what happened in your side of the world, Paul.
2: Um, sure. Well, it's been a it's been a big month, and you know it's an interesting year because uh, Patrick, you mentioned that you're having your elections there. Um, I'm sure Randy's inundated with, you know, all the Republican primary news. And uh, I still keep up with that, uh, since I still, you know, have an opportunity to vote when elections come around, although I do vote as a as an absentee. So I'm not really sure if that counts or not. I've heard different stories about that. (laughs) Um, But uh, China is also going through uh, elections later this year, they're having a major shift in power. And there's been a lot of uh, rumors about stuff going on, about uh, sort of a little little mini coups within the government. There was a big story that kind of got international news about this one person in the party named Bo Lai, who was a prominent figure in the Chongqing district, and uh, he was seen as sort of this reformer. And uh, there was this incident where his lieutenant uh, kind of went to the U.S. embassy and uh, was seeking asylum with a bunch of secrets on this this uh, official Boshi Xilai, and uh, the U.S. and this embassy apparently turned him away for whatever reason, and so it led to this uh, huge they scandal. Don't wanna, they don't want to. They don't want. Yeah, they, they, they don't want to in, get involved. Yeah. Um, and um, so there's this there's this sense that there's this power shift going on because you've got the current um, president of China, Hu Jintao, who's getting ready to step down, and uh, he's tapped, of course, the next guy coming up through the party ranks. Um, and i guess they're considered a little bit more traditionalists and um, so there's this whole kind of mysterious power struggle there's been rumors coming out through twitter and through sina weibo which is sort of the chinese equivalent of twitter i've heard they they're, of,
1: they're uh, shutting off shutting down the comments on uh, sina yeah weibo. they've they've
2: shut they've shut things down a couple times a week uh, this week because people have been saying things like they've seen troops in beijing and um, you know, there are soldiers on the street. And nobody can confirm or deny a lot of this stuff. Um, but the economy right now seems fairly stable. And I would think that if uh, if these things were going on, at least in, on a large scale, that you'd feel some economic ripples um, coming out of China. But um, so you've got that election going on. It's interesting that the world is just going through a series of elections this year. Um, and Hong Kong had its own election um, uh, late last week. Uh, we have a chief executive here in the region. It's sort of a self-governing governing region, and it has been since 1997. And it's supposed to remain that way for 50 years. They have a 50-year hands-off policy that they signed with the British um, for the negotiation of the return back to China. Um, and so, so far, China has been kind of honoring that, and uh, they've supposed to be—they're supposed to be staying out of. Politics and political affairs, but of course they've got what people would consider agents within the region who are pushing things. They've got newspapers here that you know are sort of uh, favorites of China versus the more left-wing uh, newspapers or the the more liberal newspapers that are sort of anti-China here. And so we had a we had our own little election. Now I say election, it kind of sounds like we have democracy here, but we don't. It's an election. Where only a group of about a thousand or twelve hundred individuals get to vote. Um so it's a little bit it's of an the oligarchy. Party of officials. It, it's not really the party, it's it's selective members. You know, you've got some of the tycoons, people like Lee Li Kash Singh and some of the others who are on able, able to do so. It's a very elitist group. Um and so they get to pick the chief executive, who's basically like, you know, in in if you were to compare it with the U.S. political system, he's like the president. Um, although power-wise, he's more like a governor, I would guess. Um, we also have a legislative council, which is kind of like Congress. Now, people can vote for legislative council members. There are certain seats. There are so many seats that the public actually get to vote for. So they do have some uh, election, electoral power, but not for the chief executive. And this is something that a lot of has a lot of Hong Kongers really disgruntled. That they don't have sort of universal suffrage yet. And this is something that Beijing has been saying, well, we'll give it to you eventually. We'll give it to you eventually. But, um, they keep pushing the date back as to when, when they'll do it. And, and so this year we had two people running a gentleman named Henry Tang, who was sort of in the camp of the tycoons. He was, uh, he was the pick of all the sort of rich elite groups and another gentleman named CY Lung. Now CY Lung was not the favorite to win. Uh, Everybody thought Henry Tang was the shoe in. He was going to be the guy because, you know, he Hong Kong is a place. that's all about business. It was sort of built on this laissez faire policy that the government should not be involved in business, let business do what business will kind of an attitude. And that's why it's allowed, you know, so many tycoons to prosper here. So they would, of course, like to see those kind of, you know, uh, commerce friendly policies continue because it's good for their business. Uh, of course, China doesn't necessarily see it that way, and so uh, this gentleman, C.Y. Lung, is rumored to have ties to the Communist Party. Anyway, because of a series of scandals that have occurred over the past few months, the favored son, Henry Tang, who was supposed to win, didn't, uh, because he had one scandal after another that, that came to the surface, the biggest one being that he had an illegal basement in his house. Um Hong Kong has very strict housing Do restrictions. Do you know
1: about what was happening in the Oh, it was just like actually an illegal basement that he didn't have a construction
2: permit Yeah, he for? Was, he didn't he didn't have the proper he wasn't it's bigger than than you're supposed to be allowed to have and you know it wasn't anything illicit or, or bad going on down there. He had a little wine cellar, he had like a big just, TV room. Just you know, but it. people aren't supposed to have that kind of a basement. They're not supposed to have what's called an illegal structure. And uh so that was found out and it was a big huge deal and Um, Then later, there was another story about how he has a mistress and maybe he has an illegitimate son out there. And so his reputation basically got smashed. It got sent through the ringer. Some people speculate that all of this was uncovered because of, you know, agents loyal to the Communist Party uh, leaking these things to the news. I don't know if we'll ever know, at least within my lifetime, if this is true or not. But um, needless to say, the new chief executive is, in fact, C.Y. Lung. A person who is, you know, very much believed to have ties to uh, Beijing, ties to the Communist Party. And it has a lot of people very nervous and very upset because he is a real unknown. Uh, The tycoons are not sure what kind of policies he's going to put forth. The people are not sure about him. And everybody said it's going to take a few years, as with any administration, for him to sort of clear things out. He's got to clear out some of the current administration. Right now we're sort of in a lame duck session for the next few months Um, But once he does, it's going to be interesting to see who he puts in there and then what kind of policies shall come to follow. So some people have speculated that right before 97, when the British gave Hong Kong back to China, there was sort of a brain drain. You had a lot of tycoons, a lot of money. um, A lot of the intellectuals leave the region and go to places like Canada, the U.S. and the U.K. And some people think that that might happen now, too. um, But we're just going to have to wait and see. Man, this, what, is why I, this is
0: why I love Paul. What a perfect <laughs> explanation, just with all the right details. It just makes me want to go find a book on all these events and, and read it.
2: Well, I'm certainly no expert. Uh, pol- political si- I'm, I'm interested in political science. I like following the stuff going on in the U.S., and, and I find the Republican primaries very, very fun to watch. Um, and so this was equally fun <laughs> to watch. The Republican anything is fun
1: to watch. <laughs> Sorry.
2: <laughs> Yeah, no, that one's easy. Um, but I'm, cert- uh, I'm certainly uh, not an expert in this field at all. You know, I'm absolutely not an expert, and it's
1: very nice to hear all of that because I've we haven't heard about this at all in France. I guess yeah, so. I it's, guess it's, it's, it's really reciprocal. Hong Kong specific.
2: It's not even yeah. China, right? It, it would be like you know the gubernatorial race. You know the stuff that goes on in California. You might hear a little right. bit about it because, you know, if it's dealing with Schwarzenegger or something like that. But if it's just a normal politician, usually it's not going to make uh, the international mm. headlines. And I think it's the same case in Hong Kong, even though Hong Kong is sort of an international city. Um, the stuff that does happen here tends to be a little bit of a, a tempest in a teapot. Right. Randy,
1: did you guys hear about? That? No, <laughs> I, I I'm know so you fascinated.
2: This is
0: great stuff. There needs to be a blog. That uh, le- uh, gives international readers a-, a look into things like this uh, around the world. I think that would be. A, I think there really are few, interesting. You know,
1: there's things like uh, Global Voices Online. I don't know if they uh, if they do that specifically. But right, but
0: I want I want a blog that's devoted to scandalous basements. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like only I only want to read stories uh, like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that would I, be the the good. big
2: thing about the basement, I know, in, in in the context of things like you know Bill Clinton, Monica Lewinsky, or, or what's going on with um, uh, what's his name uh, from in France, the, the Dominique Strauss-Kahn. Strauss-Kahn, yeah, yeah, and oh, yeah, that in, was also the something. Of stuff like yeah. this, it's it's like very minor. But one of the problems is, is that as a politician. Uh, this gentleman, Henry Tang, was pushing legislation, telling other people that they could not have legal structures. They could not, for example, build things mm-hmm. if they had a, a roof. They couldn't build like a uh, – because they have flat roofs here in some of the village houses. So you can build like a little, um, a little extension or put up a little uh, – a small glass development on top, and, and that's illegal. So he's out there pushing policies saying, you know, this is illegal, but then they find out he's actually doing illegal stuff. So it makes people really, really mad when they see this kind of double standard. But it, again, in the context of political scandals, it is really such a minor thing, but it ruined his campaign and it ruined his, his chance. And And Hong Kong has gone a little bit more red, possibly, now as a result. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. This, is,
0: this is the perfect point for me to uh, bring up that my cousin Sybil Wendler made an fantastic documentary called once upon a rooftop and it's online you can go look it up and watch it it's about the the lost people who live on rooftops in hong kong and are uh, essentially not counted for anything mm. and how uh, how strange their lives are and how easily one can just be pushed off and eliminated yeah. it's, a, it's a beautiful little film again it's called once upon a rooftop cool excellent
1: uh so what about the good old us of a randy what well amusing news do you have for us
0: it's it's uh hard to imagine a a news story that's going to eclipse uh the republican and then eventually the general election uh in the united states at least uh, from now until november i'm sorry to say uh and i kind of hope that nothing comes along that eclipses it because that would be horrible news um <clears throat> The, it, this, has, this has been, uh, at the same time, uh, both the most interesting campaign in my lifetime and an incredibly boring one because an incredibly boring candidate, Mitt Romney, has been destined to win. All he has to do is show up, keep his mouth shut, not have any scandals. There's no way that the opposition for him could possibly overcome him, uh, not, not that particular opposition at least. And uh, so it's been, a, it's been a set outcome for a long time, and that causes people to go a little crazy. You know, the, the, the other half of the Republican Party that think they can do better than Mitt Romney have gone crazy. And, and it's, been, uh, it's been a different thing every day in the news. The big one, the big example of the crazy in March was uh, the result of some uh, stupid comments made by Rush Limbaugh. On his uh, radio show uh, earlier Rush in the month. Rush Limbaugh?
1: No, that that can't be right. He didn't <laughs> make any stupid comments?
0: Yes, Rush Rush Limbaugh decided to uh, that he he wasn't in the news enough, and he needed to he needed to up his uh, villain status. Um, he is uh, he's commonly referred to as the de facto leader of the Republican Party. That's giving him a little too much credit, but uh, you know he is just. A radio host, a host of his own radio show five days a week um, he is he is extremely uh, he 's extremely authoritative if if not powerful it 's hard to it 's hard to say that he wields power anyway um, in a in a very very small controversy before he got involved a uh, a student from a, a, a university a university student went to Uh, a congressional committee hearing in in Washington, D.C., and uh, testified about the uh, also sort of local to the United States issue of health care coverage for things like uh, birth control medication. And uh, Rush Limbaugh decided to call her some some bad names, decided to uh, put her down nationally, and uh, did so in a fashion that got the kind of out outlash uh, backlash outcry that uh, makes you wonder why he hasn't been why why he's still on the air how he can find an audience what did he say exactly um he it's kind of funny this this uh young woman is testifying before congress and speaking on behalf of another person not not herself speaking on behalf of another person who uh uses uh birth control uh medication uh, medicinally for for a purpose other than uh, direct birth control um, uh, he called her the person testifying a slut and uh, and 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 basically likened the uh, the use of birth control by a college woman to uh, prostitution and uh, suggested that uh, if she's going to have so much sex that uh, she should uh, prove that by uh, taking video of it and posting it for us to see this wow. sort of thing um, you 're you're saying "Wow as though you didn 't hear the story, please tell me you didn 't hear the story no 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 i didn 't oh good i 'm so glad because <laughs> I, I heard was... that
1: something about Rush Limbaugh being in another scandal uh, not on the news but on you know social networks and stuff like that, but didn 't really look into it
0: the 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 news is was about uh, a lot of Rush Limbaugh's sponsors, the advertisers on his show, uh, fleeing like rats from a sinking ship. And uh, that, was, that was very interesting news. It was interesting to find out just who actually was financially supporting Rush Limbaugh before this. Uh, yeah. the, you know, the original lists that people compile, boycott these sponsors, turned out to be quite wrong. There were, <laughs> there were a number of, of sponsors that uh, people didn't even realize were sponsors and uh and that sort of thing it it really uh it took on a life of its own uh, rush limbaugh had to uh felt he had to apologize multiple times um and and you can see why if you're if you're losing money um it the apologies so, so,
1: yeah no go ahead sorry uh,
0: i was just going to say the apologies were very weightless uh it was they I, I like the term not apology the, the not apology when someone yeah. comes along and says I guess I should be considered sorry if you need me to be, um, <laughs> that sort of thing. He Thank uh, you. not apology. Very not good. Not apology. Um, and that's and that's really the, the whole story. But it it sat on top of this uh, this very fascinating debate um, that had been uh, spurred forward by the Republican presidential candidate Rick Santorum. Uh, on on the uh, on on really the difference between parts of healthcare that only apply to women and the rest of healthcare, and I'm I, I for one I'm glad for it. I'm I think it's it's a it's a good good thing that people who are way far to the right, way far to the left, are given the opportunity to talk all they can, uh, because the the results are we find out what they really think, and we get to have. Uh, more open discussion about uh, you know what's good for the people. In this case, the issue uh, you know brought put more uh, more light on uh, healthcare in the United States. You can never have too much focus on the ever evolving healthcare struggle in the United States. It's a country of 350 million people that doesn't have a a meaningful healthcare system <laughs> and. Uh, there, you know, it, it actually the month ended in the Supreme Court taking up uh, arguments against the uh, so-called Obamacare, the Affordable Health Healthcare Act, and that is a a really good thing. We're we're getting to see just what uh, to make of these laws that were uh, put in into uh, signed into law by the the president two years ago this month.
1: Okay. I guess there isn't much to add about this. It's sort of I, I I guess my question would be, how did this did this advance because you said they had to talk about the healthcare issue and the um well, uh ah, how do you call it? The pill. And mm-hmm. sure. did that move things forward? Did anything come out of it or was it just, you know, Republicans are against uh our, you know, I don't want to say against birth control because that's a little bit exaggerating, but are pro-lifers and the Democrats are pro-choice and that's it and that's what's always been or did something change about that?
0: I think I think in the United States there was a minor shift of of the allegiance for some people, mostly you know women who didn't realize that. Uh, You know, just how far away from their views and their needs certain candidates are, you know, it's the United States is so well inundated with media, though, that uh, if you're an adult and you're female and you're not at all aware of how uh, one party or the other, uh, you know, is, is going to act in power on your behalf, I'd say. You are stranded and alone and without energy. Like that is a really unusual thing. People, people are very well aware of of what's going on in the United States. In the United States, hmm. but uh, it was it, you know um, the big I guess the big news there was that Rush Limbo lost money, lost uh, lost sponsors, and a few more people became uh, more aware of just how. Different, your, uh, you know, your two major parties in the United States can be.
1: Mm. Okay, seems to me like there. <laughs> that's actually not a lot,
0: but. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Maybe.
1: Okay, um, I guess that's it for our general news. Again, not much. I mean, it's. I think it's the first time in this show where we haven't had you know, one major event that everyone was aware of throughout the world. So maybe I'm forgetting something. And uh, I'm sure our lovely listeners will let us know on the social networks and all of that.
0: Yeah, you know, they're, they're really, I, I see what you mean. Like, For example, the most discussed news topic in the United States for the last 10 days has been a shooting that happened in late February. Uh, you know, like, like mm. a, a young man in Florida was, uh, was shot while walking home from the store, and uh, he was unarmed, and there was not a lot of, uh, <laughs> zero reason for the person who uh, killed him to have killed him. And uh, so that's, uh, that's, that's big news. You go to United States news sites, and you're going to see that. But there are a lot of murders, and the fact that one of them is the biggest news of the week uh, lets you know that there isn't uh, anything catastrophic going on in the world. Mm.
1: I guess.
2: Well, one of the really big news stories, it's kind of, I guess, it just ended, but it actually showed up in local news over here, was the uh, jackpot for the mega millions. Uh, oh, right. We heard drawing. about that,
1: too. Actually,
2: we oh, did yes. hear about that. So okay, <laughs> I thought
1: someone was going to talk more I, about that. I, I, sure, I will. I've
0: just, uh, just <laughs> thrown away several dollars. Um, the, oh, so you, uh, right. you participated. Oh, absolutely. There's a, a, a lottery in the United States that is uh, subscribed to by a large number of the states. Uh, uh, there are states where you can't play this lottery, but many of them you can. California is one of them, and uh, it's called Mega Millions. And uh, like most lotteries, when there is not a jackpot winner, the amount designated for the jackpot is put into the subsequent drawings jackpot. So the jackpot for this one had not been won for a couple of dozen consecutive drawings, and it uh, it skyrocketed up to over half a billion dollars. And uh, I was actually hoping that no one would win last night, just because I wanted to see the total jackpot surpass one billion. Wait a second, did you win? (laughs) If I did, I would never tell you. And 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 I'll never know. Never mind. it would also uh, be real awesome evidence of how committed I am to the Phileas Club. <laughs> yeah. Indeed.
1: The, or uh, maybe maybe you're just here to try and, you know, bury the lead and not let us know ex- that you exactly.
0: actually won. That's right. Uh, there were winners last night. There have been uh, two or three areas identified so far, not individuals. And uh, the total was estimated to... Uh, to hit $640 million, which caused uh, lines at every store and, and place where you can buy uh, tickets. Probably The jackpot was probably more than that because of hmm. last-minute purchases. You know what? That's all super nice.
1: But if you will allow me a little bit more you know, easy philosophy, hmm. money doesn't make you happy as evidenced by many, many TV shows you guys have in the U.S. Yeah, that's that's
2: true. But I was watching a news story, and uh, they had uh, the, one of the, the financial gurus, Susie Orman, come on, right? because they were talking about the jackpot. And she said something I kind of thought it was a little bit profound. She says, yes, money uh, can't bring you happiness, but no money can certainly make you miserable. Yes, that's right, true. That's,
0: and that's, that's, you know, that, one of that's... My, one of my favorite quotes is, money can't buy happiness, but poverty can't buy food. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Okay.
1: That's absolutely true. But what I was actually getting at was um, there was a study made about uh, the the how much money will bring you how much happiness. And there's a, a very visible curve – below that you know it keeps rising the the happiness the correlation between money and happiness rises until about i think it's something like fifty thousand dollars a year something like that uh and you know when you get more money until that that threshold you get more happiness that's undeniable you know you need money to buy food to buy comfort to buy you know uh, uh housing and to pay mm-hmm. your bills and a little bit more to for entertainment but beyond that the money the the curve became super flat, meaning mm-hmm. that more money did not equate with more happiness and I really strongly believe that i don't think it's going to you know make you less happy necessarily because you don't have to go crazy when you get the money and and turn into some neurotic uh, millionaire but if you're earning you know if you're earning a, a living already if you're at you know 30 40 fifty thousand a year and you're not happy i don't think earning five million dollars is going to make you magically happy it's going to distract you and entertain you for a few months it's not going to make you happy if if i i think that you can be happy if you make the right choices and if you decide to be happy not because you're magically going to be happy all of a sudden but because you're going to make the choices that will make your life a happier life to lead and that has nothing to do with whether or not you win 400 million at the lottery now I wouldn't say no to four hundred million at the lottery, or even, you know, four thousand right. bucks in the street. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, you know, it's 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 not. It's true that it's not going to buy you happiness.
0: Yeah, a friend, a friend of mine said that if he if he was a sole winner of a massive jackpot like that, that he would have to give most of it to charity because he simply he simply can't believe that it's right for one person or one family to to control that much wealth. And uh, I, I I really like that idea of of saying, you know, I've got some struggles in my life, so I'm going to take a little bit of that money and, and fix those problems. And then the rest of it, someone else can deal with. Um, yeah, I guess uh, to take the opposite <laughs>
1: view, that's an easy thing to say. You always see <laughs> what you would do with yes. your means of living, you know. No one yes. is ever going to say, oh, everyone has problems. And someone who earns 10 times what you earn – could use a little bit more money someone who earns 10 Mm -hmm. times less if you told them you know i'm going to give you the amount of money i win they would think i earn i mean they would think i wouldn't i wouldn't know what to do with that amount of money i'm sure you get used to the different standards of living and you have the troubles that come with them so i think you're right Maybe, maybe it's you know it's the good solution give away the money before you even get used to that standard of living
0: possibly. Right, right. You're right. Yeah. Take your standard of living up, uh, you know, some just a little bit. Yeah. Take care of take care of your problems, but but uh, don't don't expect the no problems <laughs> to come along afterward. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Uh, is that it? I I have a really I have a real a couple of really crazy stories. Ah, go ahead. It's it's the United States. We have to have we have to have crazy <laughs> stories. Um the the first uh, you know, when when we were preparing for the show i was looking around at, at what got onto the news and what was just bizarre and and i i noticed that people were talking about the this family of so-called psychics in florida of course florida where uh the uh, the uh, woman in particular the the leader of the psychics her name is rose marks uh, she was indicted for 20 years of uh, basically stealing people's money, and uh, I thought to myself, "Well, that's what psychics do, right? Well, how can how can you <laughs> how can you go and and uh, and indict one and try to put them in jail or fine them? I mean, you'd have to go fine all the psychics. But this family was doing something really impressive, and it blows my mind that people fell for it. And and that is, they would come along, they would prove their psychic powers, and then suggest that what you needed to do was uh, give them cash of yours, which would remain yours, and they were going to go pray uh, with a certain method that they had to do in secret. Uh, they were going to go pray on the physical money, and somehow <laughs> then they would give it back to you, and you would become wealthier. And of course, they you know, would just leave with the money. And I got, you know, you know, I just think that's an, an amazing scam. That's the kind of scam that identifies not only the stupidest people in the world, but just the saddest. Like, you know, I'm really. sure there are at least a couple of people
1: in the audience thinking, yes, that's worse, but you're giving your money to the lottery, which has probably about the same amount of chance of getting you money as that scam. Absolutely, but it, I, I, it, who was it? It, w- it was uh, uh, Churchill who said, "The lottery is the tax on the poor, or something like that."
0: It's a tax on yeah. on people who can't do math. Um, <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs> and,
0: but uh, you know, in this case, when the jackpot gets high enough, uh, there there are some good mathematical reasons for playing. If the if the odds against you are two hundred yeah, million sure, to one, sure. and, yeah, agree, and it pays out four hundred million, you should play. Or, or, or it's worth it's worth you know playing a small amount just to to be in the game um i just i found this story of these of these psychics uh taking people's money because uh, uh, strange because i haven't told you the punchline okay they're accused of somehow stealing a total of 40 million (laughs) dollars wow all right that's not too bad that is almost enough that I want to say they should get to keep it because
2: yeah. wow! And with all that prey and they could start their own church, right? I mean, right? Yeah, 40 that's actually quite dollars. impressive. Forty million? How much money in cash did people give them?
0: <laughs> Even if, like, if it was I, over,
1: go ahead, take you know, was, those twenty grand.
0: Right, if it was over twenty years, they managed to get two million a year out of people. That's just I uh, you almost think it can't be right. That must be an yeah. exaggeration. But what that, was that it? Was, all
2: uh, in Florida?
0: I uh, no, they were travelers,
2: and uh, and and I they were because you'd think after a while people would get the word out in certain areas or or something. I don't know. <laughs> they they
0: were travelers. They were indicted in Florida. Um,
2: hmm.
0: I uh, I'm always amused when uh, when a story like that one calls them gypsies. <laughs> they were travelers.
1: <laughs> okay. All
0: right. You said you had a couple. Do you have another one? Oh, Batman! Batman it? showed up. Oh, in the right, right, right. This, uh, uh, this past, just the this past, past week, uh, a fellow was pulled over in a in an extremely expensive sports car. A couple of cops pulled him over, and they had their camera uh, working in the you know facing forward from their car. So there's video online. You can go see Batman get pulled over. Uh, the reason they pulled him over is because in his extremely expensive sports car, he didn't have a proper license plate on the rear of the car. Instead, the license plate was the bat signal. and uh, <laughs> did, that, it, did it light up? Or I, I don't know, but uh, I, you can imagine cops uh, come across this all the time. They pull someone over for you know, improper plates there, and they're walking up to the car thinking, oh, this guy thinks he's Batman, and Batman got <laughs> out of the car. And the video shows Batman get out of the car and walk around, and they have some, some chuckles, and he explains that he's on his, he's an entertainer on his way to an event. Um, <laughs> this was just the start of his celebrity, though. His I would say he is of as much or more interest today as previously we were sort of talking while his uh, interest is growing still. And it's, uh, it's just a... So- Yes, he's of interest. You're saying he's becoming
1: famous. You mean he's going on late night talk shows I, and stuff I like that? I
0: think I think that'll happen next week. Okay. I think we're days away from from that. Okay. Uh, we're currently seeing in the news. Uh, you know that you're right. It's a slow news month when you go to CNN.com and the full name of Batman is revealed.
2: You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. I've got one. Uh... A little oh, bit go of a ahead, a Crazy news story coming out of China. I'll put the link in the in, the, in Skype so you guys can see it. But this is—it's uh,
1: it's not going to be one of the you know the ones Turkey usually tells us, like, oh, there's this guy who stole something and got his hand cut. Ha ha ha! And we're like, well, uh,
2: I don't know if it's—it's it's kind of disgusting. It, okay. it's not, not Oh, that's maybe good. Maybe not to okay. that extreme. Um, but this is a story, and you know, it caught my eye. This is coming from a place, a province in China called Dongyang. Uh, which I'm sure if Scott Johnson were here, he'd have no end of fun uh, pronouncing that. But um, the, the 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 article of uh, the title of this article is Urine-Soaked Virgin Boy Eggs are a spring- Springtime Taste Treat in China. Um, so okay. that's already sort of attention-grabbing in and of itself. But basically this is a delicacy that has uh, started gaining some prominence uh, every spring, the street vendors in the city get together and they sell these virgin boy eggs as a sort of unique snack. What's, a, what's based...
1: a virgin boy eggs? Well,
2: it's basically eggs that they, they get basins of boys' urine, and they have to be virgin boys. So the boys' urine comes from primary school toilets in the area. And wow. the eggs are then soaked and cooked in the urine. Um, and this is sort of a... They say it's been like this for centuries. They say it's got a very unique scent uh that's unmistakable and people you know it attracts people's attention um supposedly it uh has some medicinal properties it says if you eat these eggs you won't have any pain in your waist your legs or your joints and you'll have more energy when you work nice I, Um, i
1: i could use less pain and more energy
0: yeah. Right, uh, you, could, uh, you 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 might actually even uh, agree to uh, consume such a thing if you hadn't been told what it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently,
1: weren't there like Greek philosophers who would drink their own urine every day because it was good for your health?
0: I uh, um, all no I don't paying. know the answer to that question. I just know that coming up on uh, Frenchspin.com, the Phileas Club forty five <laughs> dash virgin boy eggs. <laughs>
1: That is a possibility. Although I'm I'm I quite like my space race scan. Hmm. <laughs> Not sure. <laughs> we'll see. Uh and I guess on that wonderful story of cultural pluralism, uh we will uh, get on our way to close the show. Uh before we do that though, I want to ask Paul and Randy to let us know where we can find more of your antiques. Uh I don't know if you <laughs> if you say that yeah?
0: Like your <laughs> funny behavior? Yeah. You can find my antiques in okay. my mother's <laughs> attic, and you can find my antics. Right! That's what I meant uh, to say. Uh, Thank that's, you. That's fun. I like that. Uh, how about uh, on Twitter? Twitter.com slash deluxe for me. That works. What about you, Paul?
2: And you can find me on Twitter.com slash FoxLore, and if you're interested in uh, Hong Kong films or Hollywood films playing in Hong Kong, and my take and uh, local co hosts' take on those films, you can go over to kongcast.com and catch our podcast, East Screen, West Screen.
1: Excellent. That's kongcast.com. Yep. For myself, it's uh, as usual, not Patrick on Twitter and uh, everywhere else on the internet or Patrick Beja. And that's going to be it for us. Uh, we will be back with another episode of the Felix Club, uh, hopefully with more international news, but happy international news. Next month And we'll see you then Bye 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 Bye
2: is part of the frog pants studios network for more information about this and other shows visit frogpants.com audio program so good it's like you're there planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more